You're listening to First Conyers Daily Podcast, Daily in the Word, with Pastor John Mark Oliver. Well, good morning. Uh, today is Wednesday, June the 1st, first day of, of June. And for me, in my mind, it's officially summer now. I'm not sure if it really is on the calendar, but that's the way I look at June the 1st. I hope you had a good night's rest last night. I certainly did, and, and feel good and refreshed today. Um, just want to make you aware, and I'll probably repeat this at the end of the video this morning. Um, I will be next week, I leave Sunday afternoon with about 12 of our college and graduating senior students, and we will be doing a mission trip in southwest Atlanta. And so, first of all, I want to ask you all to pray for us as we're on that trip. We'll return at the end of the week. Uh, but also, I'm not sure whether or not I'm going to be able to do the daily devotions next week. It just depends on what our schedule is as we're um, responsible for certain assignments there on our mission trip. So, next week is up in the air, uh, but hopefully I'll be able to do this every every morning next week as well and possibly have a couple of our uh, college students and graduating seniors a part of the daily devotion with me and so also a short brief announcement uh, I've made a decision to uh, defer on our first and foremost the first Wednesday night of every month we get together and pray corporately but we're going to take a break over the summer and so tonight there is no corporate prayer um, <clears throat> but you can certainly set that time aside in your uh, own life to pray for our church pray for the, the mission to be fulfilled as we continue several mission trips going on this summer and uh, around those kinds of things. And so it was just best to, um, to forego that. So this morning, <clears throat> we're looking at Hebrews chapter 13 and coming down to the end of the, of the book of Hebrews. I'm, I'm really praying about where to go next. I have a couple of books in mind, but if you have a particular book that you would just have never walked through and you would love to, put that in your comments and that'll give me some idea of maybe where we might venture in the Word as soon as we finish up Hebrews chapter 13. But uh, the primary thing in chapter 13, he's concluding with several exhortations to, <clears throat> to that church. It's kind of like his closing statement and he's making some important points. He doesn't elaborate very much on any of them. Uh, but the first one is uh, that we're to express brotherly love. And I was meditating on that fact this morning and uh, reminded that we love because he first loved us. And it's that idea of him extending his love to us and saving us by his grace and his mercy. And as a result of that, a consequence of that, we've been transformed into the likeness of Christ. And therefore, we have a heart to love as well. And so the old hymn came to my mind. <clears throat> Love lifted me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now say, and my. Love. 
he first loved us we love him and he has given us the capacity to love others um, and in Romans chapter 5 it says that God has spread his love abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit and uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love or one of the fruit of the spirits is love and he begins that in Galatians where Paul writes in chapter 5 uh, speaking of the fruit of the Spirit the first thing he lists is love and some have proposed that all of the rest of the fruits of the Spirit are a result of His love towards us and us experiencing His love. I hope and pray you experience God's love this morning. Um, oftentimes we don't take enough time just to pause and recognize God's incredible love for us. Uh, the world kind of seems to beat us up every day. People in the world beat us up every day. Um, just the, the toil of life can kind of beat us up. And it's a good thing to be reminded that in the midst of all of this that we live in this sin-wrought world, that God loves us and His love is constant. He loves us as much today as He did uh, the day we were saved. He will continue to love us. He'll love us much, as much tomorrow. And His love never fades. It, it never wanes. It, it doesn't falter. It doesn't uh, go in waves of emotion like our love does oftentimes um, where he loves where we where he would love us more or love us less he always loves us consistently and today just bask in that love and in response to that love the writer in Hebrews makes this statement very clear in verse 1 he says let brotherly love continue 
And it, the way that that's written in the Greek is that it's it's a it was just a continuum. Let let love on top of love on top of love on top of love continue. There are a number of times where um, he has already spoken to us in Hebrews about this love and our love for one another. And here in this verse, he's particularly talking about to our talking of speaking of our relationships within the body of Christ or our relationships within the church. And I would like to remind us that the smallest gathering that we have within the church, uh, within the church, I'm not talking about the church building or church incorporated, I'm talking about those called out ones who are now a part of the ecclesia, part of the church, the body of Christ. That smallest church that we might think of is our own family. And uh, as, as we live together in family, he says, let love continue. Of course, you can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and see the description that he gives of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not hold any wrongs against others. Love is long-suffering. So all of these things he exhorts us to in love. And of course, the picture and example of love for us is Christ who, though he was God, did not consider equality with God something to be held onto, but he humbled himself and became a man. And he laid down his life for us. And Jesus said, no greater love has, has anyone for another than that he would lay his life down for another. And so Jesus gave us that example. And so I would say that the, the, the mark, um, the high water mark of, of love is for us to lay our lives down for another. And I'm not talking about in physical death. I'm just speaking daily that we would, we would consider others better than ourselves and that we would love them in that way and in that manner. In Ephesians chapter 5, where uh, Paul exhorts husbands, he says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, who gave himself up for her. So that, that biblical idea of love is laying ourselves down, laying our lives down. Again, not physically, as in going to battle and war, although that can be an expression of love. But it's, I think it's more difficult to lay our lives down daily and just giving over our will, our desires, uh, our ambitions for the sake of others. And so that's a kind of love that he calls us for. And so here again, he's speaking particularly in the church. Uh, Jesus said that they'll know that you are mine by the love that you have for one another. And so one of the primary things that we as the body of Christ, the church, are called to, and that is to love one another. It's our expression of our love for one another that the world can see, those who are not a part of the body of Christ can see or should be able to see that there's a marked difference between the love that we have for one another in the body of Christ and the love that individuals have for one another who are not a part of the body of Christ in the world. And so that is a, man, that's a telltale mark of the body of Christ. And he's very concerned about that expression of love within the body because where there's the absence of love in the body, there's disunity, there's gossip, there's backbiting, there's criticism, uh, there are all manners of sin that take place where there's an absence of love. And so a good indicator to us is that if our heart or our, our ideas about one another are, are in those veins of criticism, 
uh, talking bad about one another, gossiping, uh, disunity, that we need to examine our hearts and say, boy, I am not loving. God, help me to love. Forgive me. One of the key things that we do in our in our grace acronym that we use in our discipleship model here, uh, where we get together in one-on-one or one-on-two discipleship in that grace acronym, it's, it's growing the Word of God, and so we look at that. But the second thing we always look at every time we get together is what are our relationships like? What's our relationship like with God today? What is our relationship like with um, those that we work with or go to school with? What are, what, how are our relationships in our family? Is there unity in our families? And then how are our relationships in the body of Christ? And so we want to examine those at that on a regular basis. I think it's a great discipline practice to reflect and possibly you could do that today to reflect on all of your relationships within the body of Christ. And are there any hindrances in love? Uh, have you been offended by someone that you need to forgive? Have you offended someone where you need to go to that person and ask for their forgiveness to acknowledge that? And so Jesus works by the Holy Spirit within the body of Christ through our love. He earlier said this in chapter 6, speaking of love in the body of Christ, in verse 10, where he says, For God is not unjust as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints, as you still do. And so their love is expressed, uh, he says, in the, by the way that they have served the saints of the body of Christ. In chapter 10, verse 24, he says this to us. He reminds us that let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. And so we need to think, um, contemplate. Let us consider how we might stir one another up or encourage one another towards love. An example of that may be if, uh, if another member of the body comes to you and, and, and is offended by another and they want to they wanna either seek counsel from you or to gossip about the other with you, that's an opportunity for us to turn the tables, if you will, and not rebuke them in that harsh sense, but to rebuke them in that gentle sense and remind them of the exhortations that we have to love one another. Let me just put a parenthesis in here. Do not be a party to gossip about another brother or sister in Christ. It is a sin. And it is so destructive in the body of Christ. So don't initiate it and don't don't give ear to it um, to favor that. But exhort one another how we might stir one another up in love. Um, he speaks in chapter 10, verses 32 to 34, also of that of what the fruit of love is. Listen to what he says, beginning in verse 32 through 34. He says... Um, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened or after you were saved, after your eyes were opened to the Holy Spirit, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully accepted the plunder 
of your poverty, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and abiding. So here he says, within the body, there were those that, that had been in prison, they were being persecuted, but you had compassion or you had love towards them and you expressed that. And so um, we want to continue to walk in this love and ask God daily, God, how can I better express your love? How can I grow in expressing your love and loving others? There's never a limit to the degree of love. It, it is ever constantly growing, and we should be ever constantly growing in his love as we submit to the Holy Spirit and his leading. Then he says this in verse 2. He says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have ex entertained angels unaware of it. So here, here, let's not focus as much on the angels. There's a possibility that, uh, and it happens, where uh, angels may take on a manifestation of human form, etc. cetera. Uh, but the Bible doesn't speak a whole lot to that. And a lot of that would be superstition or suspicion suspicion about how God might do that. But the key point is, he says that we're to show hospitality. Uh, that was very important in that day because most travel by either foot or by animal. And it was long distances from one place to the other. And so the heart was to open their homes to hospitality. Now in our culture, in our world, it may look very different. But he has called us to show hospitality, to welcome the stranger, to, to love those individuals that, uh, that may come our way. And hospitality can be shown in a number of different ways. Hospitality can be shown just even at the grocery store if you help someone pick up a, a case of water to put it in their buggy, etc. Express hospitality to others wherever you are. Be willing to help. Be willing to serve others. And then he says in verse 3, remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them. In other words, put yourself in their place. Remember them as if you were imprisoned with them and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. Now here specifically, he's speaking of those who have been imprisoned because of their faith. Okay, now we like to take this broadly and a lot of prison ministries use this as a theme verse and while yes we wanna we wanna show we wanna visit those who are in prison, but here particularly he's talking about the persecuted church, those who have been persecuted and imprisoned because of their faith. Now in the United States we don't see that. Thank God we have the freedoms and liberties that we do. Potentially, we could see that day coming where there are those who are imprisoned. But I want us to broaden out. There, there are m m hundreds of thousands of Christians today around the world that are suffering persecution. And in many places, they have been imprisoned because of their faith. We have some people that join us on these daily devotions later that are in countries like that. And so we want to pray. And while, while we can't physically be there with them, I think we certainly can pray and remember that there are those that are paying a far greater price than you and I are because of their faith in Jesus Christ. But God is faithful to them. And so let's pray for the world, those who are being persecuted, whether uh, they're being, in pers being persecuted by having their homes or villages burned, their churches burned, or whether they're in prison or whether they're being martyred. Um, pray for the 
pray for the persecuted church. Well, I pray that the Lord blesses you today and he keeps you again next week. It's questionable whether or not I'll be able to do the daily devotions because of the mission trip that I'll be on with our college students and, and uh, graduating uh, seniors this year. And so uh, just look for it next Monday, possibly, possibly not. I ask you to share this video if you'll hit that share button on your feed so that others might be encouraged and exhorted in the Word of God. I love you. I look forward to seeing you personally in corporate worship this coming Sunday morning. Tomorrow is Thursday, though, so I will be on devotion. What I'm thinking, I was thinking today was Thursday. I will see you tomorrow morning on daily devotion. I love you. I pray God's blessings on you. Thanks for listening to our daily podcast. For more information about First Conyers, visit our website at firstconyers.com.